What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Seattle rapper Sadistic. We spoke about everything, everywhere, all at once. The Batman, the films of Gaspar Noé and Lars von Trier, how The Blob and Quentin Tarantino kickstarted his fascination with film, Stephen King adaptations, the benefits of pushing the boundaries of art, the pros and cons of being honest in your music, his creative process, and working with rapper producer No on their latest collab, Bring Me Back When the World Is Cured. Come fuck with us. What's cracking? Welcome back, everybody. Um, it's a good day. I was just talking. I was just talking to this off camera about the fact that you know Texas toast for lunch is a good thing. Everybody should do that to themselves sometimes. Um, but um, for real. Um, but yeah, Dylan Cinemasai. Um, I do a lot of things. I got a lot of names. Um, and you know, catching up, catching up with somebody right now who's kind of kind of on a run of his own with projects and with shows um you know this guy this guy's a rapper sometimes 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 producer he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a man of uh he's a man of he's a man of the macabre and the creepy and the fucking dope shit you know like he's 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 a lot of things but we got fucking sadistic in the house tonight Um, happy to be here oh man my favorite topic yeah, oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you, bro. Like it's 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 um yeah, I feel I feel like this has been we've been talking about something like this for a while and for people who don't know, like you were one of like the earliest supporters of this idea before it was like a thing I brought to life. So just like thank you for that. Like thank you for believing in this. And no, thank you for being idea. here. You might want to get ahead of the curve and inverse it too, you know, interview directors about music. See, I see <laughs> that that was the original or no, 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 no. That wasn't the original idea, but that's like, I've wanted to incorporate that somehow, but like, yeah. I gotta, I like, gotta find This idea good. is so good that the inverse is also good. That's all I'm saying. Like someone's going to jump on that. Cause it's, it's, it's because sometimes music interviews, um, especially if the interviewer isn't like particularly interested in your music, it's just kind of a quick thing. You know, it's, it, you end up just talking about other people's music the whole time and it just, kind of goes astray where right, I feel like yeah. uh having a, a subject matter like this is cool like it, it makes me interested to know what other artists are into with this stuff you know that means the world man yeah. thank you like that, that that's that's the that's the goal you know like all this all this art feeds into itself and shit yeah. and that's why I even did it so um just thank you for being here like I know you're busy and taking some time off and shit but thank you so so yeah. so so much <laughs> my pleasure um, so let me ask the first question. Let me ask you the first question. I ask everybody who comes on. What was right. the last movie or TV show you watched that you had a strong opinion about? Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, thank you. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> Let's finally talk about <laughs> this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was beautiful. I went in totally blind, which I'm very happy about that choice. Um, I'm kind of on an anti-trailer thing lately. I watched uh-huh. like 20, I watched 20 seconds. I already know if I like it or not. And then I just get right. out. Um, but I went in totally blind. I just heard good things. Um, and I, I absolutely adored it. I felt like 
Um, it made, I could tell the filmmakers had a deep passion for it immediately. The acting was amazing. Um, I'm a big Kung Fu fan, so there was plenty in there to chew on. There was a lot of reference to highbrow shit, but also it never felt pompous. It was still fun over everything. And I thought it was weirdly deep. Um, it's a lot of things in there reminded me of certain takeaways I had from psychedelic experiences and shit. And it just kind of like, mm -hmm. it was a movie where I was like, this could go on for five hours and I would, I would be totally cool with that, you know? Um, there was a lot of Wong Kar Wai references, like in the mood for love, like the way they would light certain things, but then they would right. like, uh, obviously like the 2001 Kubrick references thrown in there, like those little things, you could just tell that they just love movies. Yeah. Yeah. And like, nice. oh. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that no, that, that was all I had. It was just one where I was like, man, I'm really happy to be able to go to a theater again. Like, this is what I miss. Yeah, like you could, yeah, like you know, like that. That's that's me. Like you could just tell, you could tell the Daniels love watching, not not even just watching movies, but just like, just like the art of it, and just like how it all yeah. blends together. The 2001 bit was really cute, and um um you mentioned uh who did you mention before i'm already blanking my brain is my brain is fucking oh uh, i said they're referencing like Wong Kar Wai. right because um the uh the blurry the blurry cinematography was a yeah. really cool thing to see because that's like typical of like hong kong cinema and stuff yeah totally and uh, yeah like that was i hadn't seen anybody try that effect in like a in like a ostensibly like american quote-unquote movie yeah. in a long time and and then of course like the lighting and the scenes with um wayman and um evelyn when they're like in the wish where she's the movie star and he's the businessman like yeah yeah no nah, like i i really appreciated that too. I mean, they would put these highbrow things in there but it never felt like pretentious you could just tell they appreciated it or and then you know without giving away too much they would just have those absurdist moments where you could be like this is boon well or it's just fucking like cartoony silliness like the hands and shit you know what i mean like <laughs> so it never felt it never felt like cocky you know what i mean it's like sometimes yeah. i have references it's like we get it you're the smartest guy in the room fuck off you know but like yeah it really it seemed like genuine about it i don't know i i really loved it even the poster was amazing i, I felt like that yeah. like the, the editing impressed the fuck out of me like i just really liked it yeah, just like putting a just like putting a project of like that scope together, like like you could tell like you could tell like the people behind it, like not even just the directors and like the actors, but like the distributors and the people who gave them the bread to do this, like they cared yeah. about making it look good, you know, and yeah. like and like on top of on top of how much like you could tell they just love movies. It was just like it was just really good to kind of watch because like it was basically like an end of the world, almost like apocalyptic movie in a sense, but it was like it was like happy and like not, yeah. um, you, you know, like it like it considered everything across the entire spectrum of emotions. And of course it's like a mother daughter story at the center of it, but like, it just kind of comes down to like, I was talking to my homie about this cause we saw it together. It was my second time, his first time. And oh, you saw it twice in theaters? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying it. to go see it a third time this weekend, honestly, I'm gonna nice. take my partner to go nice. see it. I like it, I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. AMC Stubbs A list makes it so easy to go just catch every movie ever. Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't pay for shit. So like, so like, it's just like the movie's like a. It talks like we talk about. It's a movie about nihilism, and just like confronting that, and just like shows both sides of like, you know, like nothing matters. So let me just destroy myself. Versus nothing matters. Let me just kind of 
take all this stuff in and like cherish the moments and just like to have a movie yeah. be so much about nihilism and be like but nah i'm not gonna let it defeat me like i'm here yeah. and i'm enjoying this even if nothing matters like this matters yeah. to me like so, they but, they really dug into like some heavy existential you know i would refer to it as psychedelic experiences but for other people you know maybe it's religious spiritualism definitely. whatever um but they they touched on heavy things without the movie ever feeling too heavy because they would mix it in with like a dildo joke and you know what i mean like it was like there was so much levity in it the whole time but they they kind of like like the pre-max principle right like if you want someone to eat their vegetables you got to give them the the sugar first right yeah so from, right um sugar with the medicine so i i, I was just really impressed with that and i think going in blind helped a lot because i just had oh. no expectations yeah, I saw like the very first trailer, but like even that's like not it, it you it you just have to see it, you know, like it's just yeah. like like I can't imagine like trying to talk about the movie without like going into the details. It's like you just got to go see it, you know, yeah, it's and, hard like, to even explain it to, you know, right. it's, it's it's hard to break that down into a synopsis. Right. Like I like I also know I'm never going to look at it. I'm never going to look at an everything bagel the same way again. I'm never going to look, <laughs> I'm never going to look at raccoons the same way again. And I'm never going to look at, uh, <laughs> damn, there's like, it, it's, it's just like, it was just one of those things where like, you get to the, I, I'm That's not the psychedelic side for me. Like there's certain right. things like, T okay. tell me about I'll going to I'll Joe Rogan here or whatever, but like, uh, you know dmt and certain experiences have made me look at things certain things that seem trivial to me completely differently like i won't eat octopus anymore you know what i mean like certain interesting things, you know but I mean? like, like i've had some everything bagel moments <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me tell me tell me a little bit about that i'm kind of curious now because if you want to go into it like <laughs> i'm just saying like it, it's it's a hard thing to describe without seeming extremely flighty but um but there are certain things that seemed menial to me that uh, after certain psychedelic experiences, I come back and I'm like, oh, there's actually like a lot of weight to seemingly small things. Um, and so that everything bagel just kind of like clicked a lot of uh, crazy experiences that I had at once, you know what I mean? Yeah, it almost, oh, um, sorry, you weren't, you weren't about to say something. No, 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 sorry. I'm paranoid at interrupting people. Um, <laughs> So like I kind of you know like thinking about the everything bagel and shit. It all, like this movie reminded me. It almost reminded me of like this. I kind of walked out feeling the same way I did after I first saw Into the Void. Like because because like because 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 like, we're talking about DMT and shit and like yeah. Into the Void is all about that. So like exactly what like, it is. He's trying to almost, capture an uncapturable experience. Right like and but like it's almost it's almost like once again like the inverse of enter the void because enter the void feels like a very like it almost feels uh, like it is kind of hopeless because bro gets killed at the beginning of the movie and he's just reliving his life you yeah. know <laughs> and yeah. uh it's just like a it, it's just like the inverse of that and just um for anybody who hasn't seen enter the void go watch enter the void Amazing. but like like for like, like i read about like, that movie for like two years before it came out and then uh, I had a girlfriend living with me at the time and we, we started beefing that night and she like stormed upstairs. I'm supposed to chase her. And then I was like, yo, Enter the Void came out tonight. And I had the best night ever. I just watched Enter the Void by myself, got my fucking brain splattered. I loved it. Um, I've probably oh, seen that like 20 times. Oh man. <laughs> what so was, 
what was your reaction the first time you saw the shot of the guy looking in the mirror and like they hid the camera where it's just like him I love like, it. he's such a show I, off. yeah <laughs> uh, like gaspar noe is my favorite living artist i am i am very very obsessed with his work um we have some mutual friends and it's it's in it's in my destiny to meet him um and his in his influences are so weirdly similar to mine where like for so long I was like I feel kind of weird these are my <laughs> that I love these things and then uh when I came across his stuff all of it came together and I'm like fuck it's the same shit he's hiding the same posters the same stuff that um I just I love his approach it's so aggressive it tries to attack the viewer but it's so technically sound that you can't deny it and it's just it's a recipe that I love you know because right. I like shock stuff but it gets cheap after a while. After a while, you can't get shocked. It's not that interesting. Yeah. Without that technical prowess, and and then you put some philosophy into there, a little something to chew on later, you know, then it's it's like a perfect mix. Right. And like, and like I uh going back to like thinking about a movie like Irreversible. Like the first time I saw Irreversible, like I had like a bunch of friends over, and we ordered food. We ordered like Domino's. I'll never forget oh, yeah. it. We ordered Domino's and watched Irreversible. And halfway through, I'm like, so we shouldn't have ordered food for this. Like, why do, well, whose idea was it to watch this tonight? You know, like, just like, like, that's one of those movies for me that like, I'll watch. And, like, like, I watch it and I appreciate that. I appreciate the, like, you know, you're talking about like, he likes to attack the viewer. And like that movie yes. in particular, like was made oh, yeah. to be, as physically repulsive you're not gonna possible. watch it again right no hell no right. like well, no never first again time, the first time i saw it was with my mom wow yeah just us. <laughs> uh not trying to like one up you there but that was no, no, it was no. very creepy um and then i remember arguing with her i'm like no he killed the tenya and she's like no that wasn't the tenya and then i was like oh i got like hit in the gut again i was like fuck he didn't get the he didn't get the right guy but um that was a movie I'd read about for a long time. Uh, and so the first few times I saw it, like there were different cuts of it, but um, like the first 20 minutes, which by the way, the new Batman is, is lit exactly like the intro to Irreversible. Yeah, <laughs> Everything wow, it is, is isn't fuck. it? Yeah, so I, I was like, I was like, you know, a little tipsy watching that and I'm like, this is like Irreversible, the superhero in it. Um, but, uh, but the way the camera's always moving, it's in this like, very seedy SNM club. Um, Gaspar Noé is masturbating in the background. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah just I do. a little shock in there. Um, he's like he's he's coked out the whole time. He's doing the the tone. It's it's a tone that's supposed to make you physically sick. Like he's trying to hurt you, and that's such yeah. a cool fucking concept you know it's like it's just the inverse of most movies especially american movies it's like we want them to wrap up and we want the good guy to win and he gets the girl and you know and this one he's like i'm just gonna kick you while you're down and i'm gonna and i'm gonna do it so uh aesthetically interesting that you you're just gonna stick around and take the beating um, yeah it's definitely i saw vortex i gotta i gotta catch that um <laughs> premiere out here that was really incredible that like stuck to me for sure it like it like just came out right because i because i haven't seen it yet it's not it's it's doing the festival circuit so i gotta catch it um i caught the uh premiere oh. out here 
was lucky. I actually caught it um, right after the, I shot the God Mode video. I like specifically scheduled it so I could not miss it. Like I was so happy. Like I, it was like it's a wonderful life. My eyes were like welling up. I'm like, oh, I get to see this in theaters. It's amazing. Um, but that movie really like uh, hit me pretty hard. It's really heavy, of course, but it's not aggressive and mean like his other stuff. It's much more like sentimental. Okay. And then, and then Dario Argento stars in it and he's old and looks vulnerable and you know and it's just like it really touches on the fear of just dying of old age in slow motion you know and it's like uh it's and no and it's no way so you know he's gonna like he's gonna he's gonna lay it on thick yeah it's pretty amazing um if you like Enter the Void, I definitely think you'd like it. Um, but it's probably one if you suggest to a friend, they might not ask for a suggestion again. Yeah, I was I was thinking that because like yeah. you know, like you know like pretty much every Gaspar Noé movie is is like that, and like to to hear to hear the word sentimental used describing anything that he's ever made is kind of yeah, it is that, sentimental. That, that has me interested because he's yeah. not a sentimental person really. Yeah, it. Like, yeah, it really. Um, he had a near-death experience and supposedly that was the big inspiration for it and like and the the not to get too heavy here but you know on brand um <laughs> like the fear of of like sudden death or violent death like it's it's pretty far away from us you know what i mean when you see saw or you see like inglorious bastards it's like you're seeing someone get like sprayed up point blank but you don't care because they're a nazi and you're like ah, it's, it doesn't it doesn't bring you doesn't bring any fear of your death out which right isn't the aim all the time right but for no way it is um but this like slow dying of old age like best case scenario like that's a pretty heavy thing to try to capture but this is also a guy who tried to capture the dmt trip after you die <laughs> in a two and a half hour movie so right um and then and th and then on top of that like a whole like well yeah like a whole like sexual relationship with like no holds barred and um in love you know but that's yeah. a whole that's a whole other you know yeah, that's a whole I mean, other conversation yeah i mean anytime he uses sex in film it's like kind of the perverse side of it it's never like the uh I, it's always it's always like i mean perverse is a loaded word you know so the more shocking side of it right yeah he's 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 a lot <laughs> he's a lot yeah if you can tune into that frequency he does he does make good shit i think and i'm i'm very i'm very, very drawn to the technical side of film i'm very drawn to cinematography um especially when it comes to ugly subject matter you know you can get ugly important movies you know last house on the left there's no production value on it. that's why it's cool and like things like that but but when you have that practice you know movies like that um it just i think it makes it more complicated and, and more difficult to touch the viewer because it's like antichrist is beautiful showing you is, is heinous as fuck and so it, it gets that like that confusion trigger which i think is really exciting because that's what it makes me think about the movie longer yeah you know like that was that was definitely the case when i first saw antichrist you know like i like i really you know like i've seen i that's a movie i've seen a handful of times and like i really uh 
I love, I also love and appreciate all the technical aspects of movies and just like Lars von Trier is somebody I definitely wouldn't want to be stuck in a car with for two hours, but he's somebody <laughs> who knows, he, he, he's somebody who knows how to put together. You know, he's yeah, somebody who knows I love his work. But, all that shit, but yeah, yeah I, I love his work, but he does not seem like a great person to hang out with. Um, <laughs> he seems like the worst interviewee on earth. <laughs> he makes everything terrible when he talks about it, but but I do love his movies. I love his, I love the no holds barred like balls. There's just there's just like backbone to it, you know. And he he's a bit of a edge lord too, so I, I like yeah. I like a little bit of edge lord as if it's executed well. But um, mm-hmm. but he's one of those he's one of those people that you know it's kind of a big price of admission, you know. And, you know dogville you're like all right it's gonna be a three-hour movie that's basically a play let's go let's do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because his his movies are kind of exhausting but i i really love them yeah 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 like you're like dogville in particular is uh yeah like i just man like between that and the movie with uh uh her name is emily uh what's the actress's name it's like the one where she's like oh i can't remember what it's called now Oh man, I used to I used to know so much about I used to know so much about Mel- the motherfuckers. Macaulay, uh, Dancer in the Dark. Um, it was the movie with Emily Watson in it. It wasn't it wasn't um, Melancholia, though I love Melancholia. Um I'm not gonna be able to find it. Maybe I'll find it later. But like but like, like long, long story, story short, he's Europa. Just, mm, I don't think it's Europa, right? I don't well, think so. Let me I got his I got his filmography here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um maybe maybe it was Europa. All I remember is that it's about like Emily Watson like going through like a midlife crisis or something and most of the movie is like there you know you know there's like a whole bunch of like very like crazy aggressive like rock needle drops that always got me about watching it. Um Yeah. Like, I like when it was bre- like fun, break, I mean, breaking the waves, games, breaking games, the yeah. waves, yeah, yeah, breaking the waves. Wow, I need to watch that again. It's been a long time. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that in school like ten years ago, and um, I had already seen some Von Trier stuff before then. But watching Breaking the Waves, I was just like, like yeah. Jesus, <laughs> you know, like I, 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 he's in this like edge lord phase right now that I dig, <laughs> um, like. To me, Antichrist is basically the most precious exploitation film ever. Like ever. that's how I would describe. It. Yeah, it's Easy. just like Easy. it's straight up exploitation. It's like zoom in on a, on a female genital mutilation shot, which I saw that in theaters, like pretty much by myself. I, had, I think I had one friend with me, and I was like, "Yo, this is nuts." We just saw this on the big screen. This is fucking <laughs> rad. Um, but uh, but I'm like, this is just exploitation. This is just like a dirty ass. Uh, early 70s low budget movie that just has a like five million dollar budget on it and, and an amazing cinematographer and a little bit of philosophy <laughs> a little bit right so. and like and you know like I was I, I, um before we move on I was thinking about I was thinking about that when I saw Melancholia it kind of clicked for me that like Antichrist is basically exactly what you just said. It's like his version of like an exploitation movie. Melancholia is his version of like a Roland Emmerich movie, like an Independence Day or something like that. <laughs> and like, and you know, like the house that Jack built, which I have a lot of feelings about. 
I don't know if I liked it very much, honestly, but like the house that Jack built is like his version of like a slasher movie, you know, like it's just like, Kinda, like yeah. And then, and then in classic Trier fashion, he's like, but it's also Dante's Inferno. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like oh, okay, all right, we're already two hours in the movie, but okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that was definitely a polarizing movie. I knew I'd like it just by the reviews. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is terrible. I'm like, I'm going to love it. Um, right. Oh, and then on top of that, how could I forget about Nymphomaniac? Like Nymphomaniac, like the first part of Nymphomaniac is like his answer to like the teen sex comedy, which is a really yeah. weird and fucked up thing to say about like yeah. that. Like if you, if anybody here's seen Nymphomaniac, like you know what we're talking about, but like it's yeah, just- Yeah, and they, they could have used a bit of editing in, in those movies. Yeah. <laughs> indulgent even bro, for right? him yeah you like i'm i'm a very patient movie goer like I've, I've seen the shittiest movies in the world multiple times love it. like i have patience but like even nymphomaniac i'm like god damn it. i don't know how many times i can watch this um and it was weird because von trier and Noé both went the sexual film route at the same time uh right yeah and, they did and i was like as a fan i was like ah, fuck <laughs> okay hope they come back to the <laughs> other side but god damn yeah yeah like yeah like i could we could honestly sit here and just talk about the two of them for three hours but like there's this <laughs> like oh man um so obviously you have a really you you already have a very strong base with movies and um so like what's the first movie experience you can remember having like ever in your life like it could be at the theater it could be at your cousin house it could be wherever like the first time um, you watched a movie i saw the blob remake in theaters as a really little kid i don't know how old i was but it scared the shit out of me um and that's like the earliest one i can remember and then another big one was my mom let me watch um pet cemetery when i was like seven or eight wow and like, and that really just like dug into my head and i kind of like fell in love with that <laughs> um but those are probably the two most like earliest formative ones so what was it? So what was it about the Blob and Pet Cemetery that did that for you? Because like, because like Pet Cemetery is like that's the that's like the one Stephen King movie that I wish more people liked, or at least more people yeah. talked about. Because like it's it's one of the better Stephen King adaptations. If I yeah. had to pick one, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many to pick from, and, and also like so few good ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't know, like. Maybe it was something where I was seeing somebody my age that looks like me being just evil as fuck. And that wasn't in my reality that that was possible. And I think it was just um, so far from my reality that it just stuck with me and it was like kind of shocking. Um, but I, I grew up around a lot of like horror and true crime and stuff. My mom is very heavy into that shit. So, um, mm -hmm. She kind of gave me a crash course and creepy stuff when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, but then as I got older, I started a studious approach to movies. And um, some, once I started making connections between references and movies and, and finding the roots of things, um, that's when I just like really fell in love and started just digging like crazy. Um, I'd be like, oh, what's a giallo? <laughs> Spend a year studying that what's 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 exploitation oh it's there's exploitation and black exploitation and nazi exploitation and non exploitation and it, there's all these tendrils and it's it was very exciting still is you know so i always just try to find those wormholes you know but i think when i when i started finding 
even obvious things like Kill Bill, once I'm like, oh, this is all a reference to other things and these roots. Uh, right. It, it was, it just showed me how interesting and endless it is, you know, to try to find the bottom of, of where things started. Right. And that's, you know, like for all my problems I have with Tarantino, that's one of the things I love about him as a director. Like pretty much every single one of his movies is just like a remix project for better and for worse. And it's just with, like- With his like, own amazing dialogue spin. Yeah. But yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's a, it's a, it's just a dork who's really fucking good at what he does. And um he kind of has his own sauce he applies to things but he just puts all of his favorite dorky things in the movies right and like he kind of like he was it was like him and like robert rodriguez were like kind of moving side by side when they first started out and yeah. like and like and like of the two of them he kind of like really like robert rodriguez has an aesthetic and i think people appreciate him but like at this point more people know him for like the spy kids movies than they do <laughs> for like for like fucking planet terror and yeah. like even for even like from dust till dawn which was like really big at the time yeah. but like Tar but, but like tarantino has become tarantino like, gets most of the credit for that because the the things right. people love about it's the dialogue you know i got six friends in here they run faster than you do like you know some classic right. plenty switch shit you know like yeah you know he just like you know like tarantino is like he's like that he's like that like like that aesthetic is Tarant like he didn't like invent that type of filmmaking but he kind of like He's like the face of it for everyone. Like you ask, like the, you ask, like the most like normie person ever, mm -hmm. like who, about that type of film. People know who Tarantino yeah. is. Like everybody knows Pulp Fiction. Everybody knows yeah. Bastards. Everybody knows Django. Everybody knows Kill Bill. You know, yeah. like they're just like a part so, of like, the lexicon. When I meet, if I meet someone who's like a Tarantino bro, he's my favorite. I'm like, oh. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> ah. It's like it's like a Wes Anderson guy. It's like we get it. Yeah. Want to get laid? Whatever, bro. Um, <laughs> Like, I'm like yeah but at the same time like tarantino's never miss like he just hasn't like he in my mind like everything he's done even things he wrote that he didn't direct like they just they always fucking slap and um and it makes normies appreciate film things even if they don't realize it yeah like, wow she has a flash zoom they're like wow that was cool they don't know what the fuck it is they don't know it's a sergey leone reference or whatever he's doing you know but these like <laughs> regular movie goers whatever who don't care about like the roots of it um they're subconsciously appreciating things that they probably wouldn't if tarantino didn't have his flair for dialogue you know right and you know like that and like, and, like that's really what sticks with people i don't think um there are there are a couple tarantino movies that i'm like not big on and i went and like and like you talk I'm, I'm happy you brought up the the writing that he did that he didn't necessarily direct um, as much as I appreciate Natural Born Killers, it's not my favorite thing in the world. No, it's cool. It, it's, it's, yeah, like, like I remember the first time I saw it and I was like, this is kind of interesting. And like, I was, um, like the thing that got me about it at it's first was like, far. it's not very yeah. good when you watch it. The concept's great. Woody Harrelson, uh, and I'm blank on her name, uh, shooting people up and it's, it's a psychedelic Tarantino script. Like, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah right and like and like i recognize like rodney dangerfield as like the dad in the sitcom shit and i was like oh wow that's weird to like yeah, have rodney weird. dangerfield here like being a piece of shit like that was 
I, I, I thought that was kind of cool, but then I watched it again some years later, and I was like, this is just kind of like whatever. boring. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like edgy fear and loathing. Pretty much, and and the fear and loathing is already pretty edgy, but like fear and loathing is one of my favorite movies ever. Like I just love, yeah, awesome. like I really like, like I really think that Terry Gilliam and you know Johnny Depp and Benicio del Toro, just like that 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 was just like a perfect, yeah. like nobody else could have made like that's like the best hunter s thompson anything on yeah. film ever you know my homie out here every time one of us is about to make a bad decision like one more shot and I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, as your as your attorney i advise you we always use the as your attorney i advise you like i'm, I'm a big benicio fan benicio is he's incredible yeah he's the best yeah i'm always i'm always big on the fucking like this is backcountry shit and like and, and yeah. I, um yeah. me and me me and my homies at the, um, um me and my homies always used to look at each other and just go I may have at any point. Yeah. Like, it's just like <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the adaptation was really great. Like, there's a lot of movies where you can go, oh, the book was better, or you got a lot more from the book, um, story wise. But honestly, that one pretty much fucking covers it. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> the right. book's still fun because Hunter writes how he writes, but like it covers it really well. <laughs> there's there's nothing missing. You know, it's not like The Shining or some shit. Right. <laughs> and I was gonna ask you about that because we were talking about um, Stephen King before. Did you see Doctor Sleep? And did you like Dr. Sleep? Because yeah. I like Dr. Sleep a lot, actually. It was impossible for me to love Dr. Sleep. There's just no way. It, like you're you're following, it's like it's like someone else naming their album Illmatic 2. You know what I mean? It's like it right, could be yeah. it could be a dope album, but you know, tough start. Um yeah. but it was it was cool. I yeah. I don't remember it very well. I I haven't read the book yet, but um I should rewatch it, but it's it's The Shining is just so sacred. It's just such a hard thing to franchise, you know. Even though he did write the book, but um, fuck The Shining, just it's just even thinking about it just makes me watch The Shining again, you know. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I'm the biggest Kubrick stan, which is uh, not a very bold opinion, but it's just like that motherfucker yeah. was bulletproof. Yeah, he was. Bulletproof. He was. He was something. I talk. I talk with my partner about this a lot because um they really don't like the shining because they're really really big on the book you know and like there are people there are people who feel that way and like and like i like i have like i like the shining i appreciate it it's like i enjoy watching it but it's never like my like that's like the go-to Kubrick movie for a lot of people. And it's the go-to Stephen King thing. And it's never been either of those things for me. Yeah. There's Kubrick movies I like more and there's Stephen King adaptations I like more. Yeah. But like, I appreciate, you know, like there, there's just like so much, like like the book versus movie thing is neither here nor there for me. Like that's not my mission. It depends on the book. So like for me, yeah, like <laughs> the, the thing is by King book. And the movie is a thousand times better than the book. Uh, Kubrick is the, is the goat, but at the same time, like Lolita, while the movie's great, I think the book is much better because that book right. is just written in such an incredible way that only uh, Nabokov could have wrote, you know? But like story-wise, The Shining's cool as hell, but like people always zoom in on certain things that are different in the book. And there's there's definitely some cool shit in the book that's not in the movie, but it's like, he was so smart. You know, they wanted, they, they pressured him because like in the book, the uh, the animal bushes come to life and they start attacking right. and things like that. And the studio tried to pressure Kubrick into doing that. And he was like, no, no, 
we don't have the, we don't have the effects. And I was so smart because he knew that would that would have fucked the whole thing up because Stephen yeah. King movies always do that. Like it, the first it, you know, doesn't really stand the test of time. It's kind of a TV movie, but it's yeah. cool, cool, cool. And even at the time, then at the end, giant spider monster shoot a fucking slingshot and a big light beam, and it's like it looks like shit. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> ten years later, you're like, this looks horrible. It looks like it was made for TV because of the effect. And like Kubrick had the foresight to know when to use effects, when not to. So like in 2001, you know, in the 60s, he's using effects that still hold up. But then in, in 1980, they're making The Shining and they're trying to pressure him. He's like, no, we don't have the technology. You're not going to fuck this up for me, you know? Right. You know, like it, it's like, it's a movie I appreciate, but like I look at stuff like, uh, you know, you know, like the new It, like part one is to me really amazing. Like part two really wasn't good. as good. I really, yeah. really like part one. I think I, I think it's better than the uh I like I think they should have done like a, I think they should have done like a part one, part two for the original. And like people remember the original because Tim Curry was great as Pennywise, but like But he wasn't part he was it was it was kind of like the Dark Knight. It was like nobody could top Jack Nicholson as a joker. He's Jack Nicholson, he's the best. And then you see the Dark right. Knight, you're like, oh never mind. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that was it. I was like, I love Tim Curry. He was so good in that. And then I saw um the new it and I was like, ah, oh, never mind. Like he he owned it. Yeah, because him and um too. For real. Like there's just like two completely different interpretations. You know, like even even like even like Nicholson and Heath Ledger, like their two interpretations of the Joker are so different. And like the two versions of Batman are like tonally and visually and stylistically just so different. You know, like it's like you know I love Jack, but he's always Jack. He was still Jack when he was the Joker. He's like, I'm fucking Jack Nicholson, but I got a long gun, you know. And it's like (laughs) at the time when Heath Ledger did that, it was like he was the pretty boy that they wanted to be in like rom-coms and all these things. And he took a big risk with um, Brokeback. And so people started taking him seriously, but like, um, but that was way out of his wheelhouse, but they fucking yeah. nailed that casting. And he like, you know, everyone knows that performance is awesome, but like it, it's, it's like a filmic a classic fucking performance for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, like just to like, just to, like think about the fact that like, I remember going to the theater to see the dark Knight for the first time and just like watching that performance and being like, wow, yeah. like he really just smashed that shit. And like going it back reminds to watch. Me of, like, oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I, I, I was just going to say like, just like it, like it really, it's one of those things that everybody loves that like really just holds, you know, like, yeah. and like, especially considering yeah. that like, to me, the dark Knight is like, like, like of those three Christopher Nolan movies, like, Batman Begins is not good. I'm just gonna put that out there. And and neither and neither is the Dark Knight Rises. But like to me, the Dark Knight is just like that's like a rock solid. Like they made a great fucking movie. You know, it, like it's impossible to not enjoy that movie. Like, yeah. Just, like um, Heath Heath Ledger's performance in that almost reminds me of like Anthony Hopkins and Signs of the Lambs, just in the sense oh, where yeah. like he's not on screen that much, but every second he's on screen, it's like you're locked into that shit. Like um he just he just takes all the attention in like the best way um amazing performance man before we move on i gotta i gotta ask because you mentioned it before how'd you like the new batman because you uh i haven't finished it i got part way through this just this just taking a minute okay i got you i got Um, you i got you but it's so far it's good but it's not like particularly interesting to me you know it's like a well done Mm -hmm. thing that i don't particularly care about but the the makeup's really dope and the lighting's cool the lighting is so no way i just can't get over it it's, it's like yeah. the most amber shit um 
but I, I do like, I do prefer the, the dramatic hero movies over the action ones personally, you know, those, those don't really keep my attention. I get so, it. Yeah. So I like the direction Batman's going, you know, cause I grew up with like, I thought Batman Returns was so dark and fucking wicked and all that. And, it, and like at the time it was, it was, yeah. Now I look and it's like, it's still fun, but it's like, it's so silly. Now it's like, there's like a gravitas to Batman. I respect how seriously they take it. Right. And it's weird because when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was like, oh, they're just doing the Dark Knight again. But they yeah. just like put like a red filter on it. And that's fine. <laughs> but but like, but like, but like, I liked, I liked the direction they went in with this new Batman just because like they're really leaning into like the neo-noir aspect of it. And like, and yeah. like, it really, like, like one of the big criticisms I've heard is that it's basically just like seven, but with Batman. Which like yes, basically like it's that it's, sounds it's awesome, <laughs> and yeah, you know, and, and like that's fine. Like it's seven, yeah. but with Batman, like cool, I'm fine with that. That's, but that's like an awesome review, I would, I mean, I would, I would have rushed to see it a lot sooner if I heard that comparison. <laughs> right, but like you know, like I, but like I want to see it again, and like it's just like my thing was that, um, I saw it in IMAX, and it didn't need to be as long as it was. They could have cut a lot from it, but like the um but the performances the performances are all solid and uh the makeup's crazy the makeup's crazy like you yeah. said and uh they just like i just like i just like appreciate that it's a movie that's like kind of it it feels it feels like it's more critical of the of like the idea of batman than anything i've seen in a real long time cuz like yeah, the yeah. whole idea of yeah, like batman yeah. is like they, they make Kinda, him less invincible yeah and and, and you know like it's he, he's like year two batman and he's like not quite experienced i don't want to spoil it for you because you haven't seen the whole thing but like it's just it's just interesting the way yeah, they yeah. went about it and i like and i will say i will say the riddler is so fucking sick in that like the design and paul dano's amazing i'm a big paul dano fan but um but the riddler's so cold like it's obviously based on the zodiac killer like the fucking yeah. logo's similar and all that and he's and he's, he's playing with the media and i'm like this is cool as fuck um yeah like every I, that that first scene where there's like the, the phone camera one and he's doing the weird voice i was oh this is this is great <laughs> right and then on, and, and then on top of that like because like he's like he's like the zodiac killer but also mixed with like you could tell that he's you could tell that he's just like a reddit guy who like streams on twitch and just like that's like yeah, like, like, like that's the villain exactly that's the villain of the movie they're not being subtle about it like i i, I thought i thought um, that was a nice touch <laughs> i remember going to the theaters and seeing jim carrey like who's afraid of the big black bat and he's dressed like bon jovi and shit and you're just like this is not intimidating like this isn't a villain this is fucking goofy bro and now it's like zodiac killer <laughs> you know and you're like oh okay and it's more interesting and it's funny than- because it's funny because like I like that stuff too. Like I like the I like the goofy, silly, kind of like campy Batman stuff. But like yeah. I just, you know, I just think uh I just like it all, you know. Like I just like, you know, like at some point, at some point I want somebody to come with like something completely I want somebody to come with like a completely new interpretation of Batman because like we've seen yeah. the dark and gritty Batman, we've seen the silly Batman, even though that's kind of my yeah. favorite, but like We've seen it all. Like somebody figure out something new to do with Batman, please. Yeah, like like, like I'm please. not I'm not a Marvel guy. I know it's probably shocking, but um, <laughs> but uh, that Spider Man movie, the animated one, Into the Spider Verse. Yo, that was so amazing. I was blown away by how good that was, and I was like, I felt like they did exactly what you said, where they just 
of it, but they just made it a completely unique thing. Oh, man, in, yeah, yeah, like in, Into the Spider Verse is just Into the Spider Verse is just animating it alone made it right more interesting. You know, like natural somehow. Usually, it feels injected. Right, and like, you know, like Into the Spider Verse was just like that was the first time I genuinely felt like I was watching a comic book happen. Like outside of like, yeah. you ever, you ever, you ever see the, um, you remember the Ang Lee Hulk that came out like before the MCU? Yeah. Cause like, cause yeah, cause like with that movie, like the whole, like their whole gimmick was that they had like the panels and shit. And like yeah. those two movies are the closest I've ever come to feeling like I was watching a comic book happen in front of me. And just like off that aesthetic alone and just like the, the animation, just like just into the spider versus maybe my favorite superhero movie ever. Yeah, and they it's shook it really up incredible. i was like it's cool to see a new spider-man <laughs> it's just something you know it's, it's like I've, I've seen i collected marvel cards as a kid it's like i've seen the same fucking face for so long it's just nice to change shit up and and it feels natural and uh in the animation yeah they like i was a full-grown this shit is really dope looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like you know like my only problem is that i kind of wish that uh I almost wish that Miles had his own movie, but that's okay at the end of the day. Like it, it like, cause like it's still because like it's probably get his own series. Yeah, like that's what I'm hoping for. And like yeah. and like the movie is like really it's nominally about him, but he like shares his screen time with so many different people, which is both like a thing I love and it's just like I just want Miles to have his own thing. Yeah, but, like, like, like it was his intro into the uh, into the world and now he they need to like pass the torch right but either way like either way into the spider-verse is incredible i love the movie like it's yeah. like 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 definitely the best spider-man movie ever made and maybe yeah. my favorite superhero movie of all time it's just it's out of this world incredible yeah i was really impressed with that it, it definitely um, like i was like eh, here we go spider-man because i was watching with my nephews i was in seattle for a week and i was like oh, okay I'll, I'll watch it uh <laughs> and then 20 minutes into it, I was like, yo, this is the shit. I'm like nudging my nephew. I'm like, this is so good, dude. <laughs> right. Like that's that's how you know it's good. Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's like I haven't met a person who doesn't like it. It's just like yeah. that good. Like, even yeah. if you're not into I had the, the same MCU stuff. my nine-year-old nephew. Yeah, we were both like, See? yeah, it's awesome, right? You know, there's not a lot of movies that we'd probably both like like that. For real. Yeah. Like, that's so precious. You yeah, can't take that for granted. Yeah. Um, so wow. We I haven't we, shown him irreversible yet. <laughs> <laughs> you got it you got it you got to wait on that one bro yeah that's that's that's, yeah, that's, that's, some, that's a... <laughs> I'll, put it, I'll put it in his stocking yeah do that like maybe maybe when he turns like 14 like figure that out yeah. but like <laughs> um so you know like you a while ago yeah we've all we've already been going crazy like this has already been so great um so like as you kind of you know you mentioned kind of going through your own uh research and digging into your rabbit holes but like what but like what was what was the thing that kind of started that for you and like kind of the movie like was there a specific movie that made you fall in love with movies and before you answer that I wanted to mention that um you mentioned um Argento earlier and there's a um there's an Argento reference that kind of that kind of hit my ear the second or third time I heard the earth was empty. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta ask this about this. So like, but, um, but yeah, the question like, was like, what was the, like, what was the first movie through your research that kind of made you like fall in love with the art of movie making? 
That's that's tough. I mean, the, the general answer would be foreign films. Like once I started finding foreign movies and at first it would be like edgy stuff. Yo, this is crazy, Battle Royale, you know, Audition, uh, Old Boy, those kind of things. And um, and then I would just kind of go deeper into it. And and then I started finding roots and then I would watch something else like Kill Bill or whatever. And, and or I'd watch Pulp Fiction. I'm like, oh, that's from eight and a half. Okay, that's from... And then once once those connections started happening, I, I started realizing that that I wanted to get the mental map. Like I want to see something and know where it started. And like that's how I approach hip hop and just anything I love. You know what I mean? I want to know where it comes from and, and the roots. Like that's the way to respect it. Um, and so I would just be like, oh, okay, this is cool. That's a close up. What movie made the first close up? Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Passion of Joan of Arc. Let me find this shit. And I find that and it just blows my mind to pieces. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then you go back up the route. And, um, but like some of those early 2000s um, edgy, just just interesting foreign stuff. The stuff that Takashi Miike was doing, mm-hmm. Chan Wook, um, you know, the it started like putting me in the wormhole and then I, and then I started researching a lot like okay what are the most extreme films what are what are the video nasties what are these and like trying to find the boundaries like where's the boundary of art where is it art and where is it just perversion where is it and then and at what point do I draw that line how much of that is up to me how much of it is like like actually how you film things um and so that that interested me you know like that's that's why I have this fascination with that movie solo um because <laughs> it's it's like the perfect example of that discussion is it art or is it garbage or is it unfit for people you know and like that that has always been super interesting to me because because it's it's the only place where there's no rules i've just been very fascinated with that and so once i started kind of finding the boundaries you know what was the first extreme film what was the first movie that they banned what was the first this you know and like once you find those kind of roots of that and then you kind of it's like it's almost like a puzzle you set the edges and then you're like all right now I'm gonna find you know um but I think foreign movies especially really like crack that open for me right I um it's kind of eerie how similar are like like our experiences are like you're saying all this and that's pretty much like that's pretty much exactly how it went down for me like I had a bunch of friends who were really into this stuff and they kind of introduced me and then I started doing my own research and, and, and you're yep. like it's just it's just so easy you know like depending on the stuff that you're exposed to and the stuff that you manage to find like it's so easy to just get just yeah. you, you, you could just catch the bug and then you're just doing yeah. all this research and like you just and and, 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 and what you're already drawn to the energy you're putting out or whatever like a, a long day of of like just exploring movie and wanting to understand it once once I made that switch from going this is entertaining to to understanding that like this is the highest form of art and if I want to understand art or appreciate it I need to study this and and I love it it's enjoyable but it's still like I see it when I watch it and um foreign just started clicking that for me once I started seeing the connections made um it just kind of it was really rewarding and then and then I just kind of got addicted to it Right. And um, going over to music, like with like rap specifically or, or, or like any music you want. But like, when did that start with music for you? Like, did, was it happening around the same time? Did it come before or after? Much earlier. I fell in love with okay. rap way earlier. Um, I was into movies as a kid, but I never really like 
thought of it as anything outside of entertainment. <clears throat> but rap, uh, pretty much from the jump, I just was really in love with it. I, it was so far from my reality and, and it was just so, I was so drawn to the emotion of it. Um, and I, like, I fell in love with rap, like obviously like Tupac and stuff, but, um, but I was listening to and Sally says in a lot of like super West Coast shit when I, I would, uh, just made my way. But I grew up in a small town, so it was it was hard to find music. So I, I basically um, I would just do side jobs and stuff to buy CDs. And I just spent every everything I had on CDs <laughs> um, <Right. clears throat> to try to. Yeah. And at the time, I wasn't thinking of it like, so fucking rad. I want to like find all of it um but i fell in love with with i wasn't into music at all when i was little kid and then at like maybe nine years old i just uh, I, I came across a few cassettes and it just like blew my mind and i just never stopped what were uh you know like you um you had mentioned you had mentioned a few of your uh a few a few a few like local like west coast people especially out like in seattle like who were like who were who who were some of those like when did like when did you really start to gain that appreciation for like the local stuff that really really served to mold you because like because like a lot so of people don't for me, realize none of it was like, local right okay sorry my fault yeah. oh no sorry um for me none it wasn't local because i grew up in a town called yakima which is like three hours east of um seattle and so the culture and everything's just completely different there. Um, and it wasn't, you know, there weren't any like local rappers or anything like that. And I, I had an older brother who had a lot of friends and they all just listened to like the hardest rap they could find. And so I would wow. just kind of, you know, they, my brother would have friends over and be like, yo, can I, can I dig through your CDs? Can I listen to your CDs? You know what I mean? I'd like go to right, another room right. and just like listen to as much as I could. Um, but I didn't really, I didn't understand the regional element of hip hop at that point. And then, um, you know, over the next couple of years, I started like to understand the patterns and the differences between, it was so fun. I kind of miss it, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, like, like talking about film, you know, exploitation or like all the tendrils, right? How they just keep splitting and splitting and splitting into more specific mm -hmm. things. Um, I felt like those were more obvious regionally in, in rap when I was growing up with it, as opposed to now there's a lot more of just kind of a, like a free for all. Yeah, cool, totally. But yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not like, yeah, yeah. like, re like regionality is always a really cool thing to see anywhere. And um, like, and, and you're like, and like, I feel like I feel like it's almost starting to come back now in a sense, which I really yeah. appreciate too. And like for you, um, before we, before we move on, like who were you know like once you kind of started to notice those regional differences between rappers, like who were some of the people that you were there artists that you fucked with before that you started to appreciate more once you realized how different they were? Yeah, like I I was I was very drawn to East Coast dark rap and then and Southern rap more than west like I, I grew up on west coast stuff and i, I appreciate it but like uh like dmx's first record was right. hugely impactful for me and then a lot of southern rap you know i was heavy on outcast and goody mob and um suave house stuff and just kind of like the sauce of that shit it, like just 
whole vibe of it really blew my mind when I first heard it. Right. Yeah. Nah. Like I, that. That. Especially like just the dark post. DMX, Mob Deep, Big Pun, like just that that like aggressive yet technically impressive um, music. And then when they would put those kind of deep songs in there, kind of like the, what I'm saying with the movies, right? Like aggressive, yeah. technically sound, philosophy. Once if you have those three things in it, um, it'll it gives me something to think about. Right. You know. You know. Like it's like like you know like and the beautiful thing you could take something like like the first two songs that came to mind when you said that after you mentioned all your your influences were just like outcast has a quemini the song not just the album and then you have something like mob d yeah. streak away the pain which is you know like of course like you know like you know like um uh p and havoc are telling stories about like their relationship with alcohol and then tip comes in and he's doing a whole verse yeah. about fucking tommy hilfiger and they were just like we wanted him to do that because that's what he does we didn't want him to like meet us on our level we got q-tip to do q-tip and just like to see those yeah Styles interact is always really cool to me, especially being from like Jersey and New York, you know, like that's like, that's my whole shit. Like yeah. that's around me every day. So like, yeah, I feel it. Yeah. I, I love when feature verses just do what they do. Um, you know, like I approach that personally like that. Like a few times, you know, I don't do a lot of features, but when I do, they'll be like, here's the concept. Here's what I want you to write about. And I always like, yeah, cool. And I, I don't, I completely ignore whatever they said and <laughs> um and if someone and if someone else is on it i'll try to just not listen to their verse i'm just gonna like do whatever i'm gonna do like that's always been my approach it's like you didn't approach me because you want me to do what you do you approach me because you want me to do what i do um, and i know you're trying to help but i'm just gonna politely ignore it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's always better to ask for forgiveness than permission when it comes to stuff like that you know <laughs> yeah. i feel you um, and you know, like, so, yeah. so you know, like you have, you have, uh, you got this shit going on with music and you got the shit going on with movies. And as you get older, um, was there ever a moment where you, I mean, like, clearly there was, there must've been some moment where you began to consciously link film and music together and like, see that they complement each other. Like, when was that for you? I, I, I started to realize that inspiration is everything it's it's everything around you it's not simply like i like this rapper so this is going to inspire me like you don't really curate it like that like once it clicked for me that that my entire artistic diet affects my output whether subconsciously or not then i started being more specific about what i took in right so it's like when i made this record alters all i was watching was just brutal dark shit all i was listening to was brutal dark shit all of it because just subconsciously I want to like submerge myself in that and so I, once once it clicked that everything connects because because when you're writing a lot of it's subconscious it's just going it's just it's just it's just this antenna and you're just kind of translating it through your own little fucking neural pathway or whatever you want to call it your magic your ego whatever um and I would notice I'm like yo I'm this reference came out to something really obscure. And it's like, it's not like me being a cunt trying to be like, look how, look how obscure this is. It's more like, oh, this is just something that's in my brain and it comes out at certain points. And once I started noticing that's a thing, I'm like, I want, I want even more so now to understand art. I want to understand painters. I want to understand and film more than any of it because I just, I think it's the highest form of art. You, you look at, you look at any other art, music, painting, sculpture it's all in film so it's, it's hard to argue against that so once that clicked for me 
I was like, this could be, I love it. it gives me something to do, um, something to like be humbled about, always having something to learn from. And also I'm like, this will help my personal art by understanding other people's, you know, it'll give me a That's leg up because I have a well to draw from that, that most people don't. Right. That's such a crazy answer to that question. And just like seeing how all the different, you know, like you're big, you're, you're big on connecting the dots. And I appreciate that about you. And that's something I've always yeah. appreciated about your music, um, which is, you know, like, of course, like you've already mentioned it a couple of times, but like, like your music is so raw. Like, it's just very, and, and like, especially a project like Alters, you know, yeah. like, it's just like, your music is so like you, you bear everything and you're very, you're very like poetic about the way you bear everything. And it's just like, you're just like exercising all these bad thoughts in a way that like, I can't think of very many rappers who do it the way you do. And like, like from the time that you decided to start creating music, like, was that always, was music always that outlet for you? Like, 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 yeah. Like, was that always the thing you wanted to do with your music? So um I've always had creativity I never took it that seriously my mom's a painter um I've always even as a little kid I've seen like um home videos of me and I'm drawing monsters and I'm trying to make a book I have like 20 of them and I'm like mm -hmm. it's kind of funny because that's exactly what I'm still doing um but I've always had that creative book, but I didn't take it too seriously I started rapping as a teenager but I didn't really have good ideas um, I, you know, I'm going to be punchline guy. I'm going to be battle rap guy. I'm going to be storytell guy or whatever. And none of them fit. Right. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> when I was in college, I was in a small town called Ellensburg, which is most famous for a rodeo. So I did not fit in, in this place. Right. And so most of my college, I would just, most of my college time, I would just hide in my room and work on some shit. And basically I wanted to hear a rap album that didn't exist. And I was like, there are certain songs, certain rappers will do this really emotional, heavy thing. And I'm like, this is so affecting and dope. But the rest of the album will be all this other shit. And it's really balanced. And it would, it kind of annoyed me. I'm like, I want just this. And I want, and I want these prog structures and these, which is kind of, it's kind of pretentious, but it was also like a good idea too. Um, and I'm like, I, I want to make this fucking record that I, and I kept bitching about it. I'm like, why doesn't someone do this? And I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I spent right. like three and a half years making my first album in this tiny town. I knew nobody in music. Um, and the album is like, it's definitely one of a kind. It's like, there's, there's no choruses. There's, there's like eight minute songs. It's, it's just like, it's out there. And um, I released that. So I was, I finished that. I was just about to graduate college. And then my dad passed away unexpectedly. And I was, uh, closer to him than anybody else in the world and my uh, he always pushed me for school and so I was very torn and uh, I graduated it's one of like the worst days of my life because I, I it was the only I wanted him to be there you know what I mean and yeah, right. I, I did I did well in school so I was I was uh, my plan was to get a PhD in psychology and so I did a couple grad school interviews. I, did, I took the GRE, I did a couple grad school interviews and then I had an interview in Syracuse for a PhD program where I would skip the master's program, right? And it was, it was a very low percentage of people got invited to that. So I knew that was kind of an important moment. And I basically was like, I just came out the album. I had no idea what I was gonna do with it. 
but I knew it was really important to me. And I, I just lost my dad. I felt very lost. And then I had this interview for Syracuse and I was like, fuck it. I don't want to do it. And that moment was one of those moments where I didn't realize how huge it was in my life. But the moment I, I turned down that, I didn't want to be a doctor. I know I didn't want to do any of that shit. Um, because I was only drawn to the studious part. I wanted to learn about it, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want the job. I didn't want to help people. I didn't want to do any of that. Um, and so, but that was a moment where I just kind of said, fuck it. And I tried it. And uh, slowly through MySpace and whatever, it just, it started to become a thing. People started sending me pictures of like tattoos of it. And I was like, there's something here. Um, and then it just, and then slowly I just, uh, I don't know, kind of made my own little wormhole uh, digging through the dirt. But, um, but it's weird because I, I don't, I don't recall an exact moment, but I do remember when I turned down, when I skipped that meeting or that interview, I was like, this is big. And then the other one was, I told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, I think I'm going to try music full time. And she laughed at me. Mm. And then, uh, and I was like, all right, I remember that. And I, and I <laughs> kind of took that as a personal challenge too. I think that helped me. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. Like I've had people be like, how'd you get my life? I don't fucking know how anything happened. It, it's it, like any any crumb I've gotten, I feel like it's just word of mouth. It's just someone goes, hey, I like this, check it out. And then it, right. Yeah. And just to clarify, that first album you're talking about is The Balancing Act. Is that right? Yeah. Thought yeah. so. Yeah. And so I, I made that because I wanted to hear something that just wasn't there yet. And like, that's there's no ego in that. I just mean like the structure and the approach. Because I was like, I love rap, but I love, I love the way that Trent Reznor structures songs. I love the way he plays with dynamics. And I love, I'm like, there's all these elements that are really interesting that I just want to stir in, into it, you know? And I also, I think I realized that that's kind of a bold and arrogant approach. And so I, I wanted to make sure that my rapping was so technically sound that you couldn't question it, right? So it wasn't like, oh, here's fucking a uh, rock fan or fucking whatever, just trying to like dip his toe into rap. You know, I wanted right. to like make it very obvious that I love this shit and that I've studied it and I respect it. So I, I made, so I, so I, on that album, I kind of have this look, look what I can do approach, you know, where it's like, check out all these fucking tricks I can do rapping mm -hmm. because I think I was, I think deep down I was insecure that people wouldn't know how serious I was about it. But now when I, if I were to listen to it, which I wouldn't, but if I were, I'd probably be like, you were too serious. You're serious as fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy you went there because that was going to be my next question was like, what do you feel is the biggest difference between you when you put out the balancing act and you like now on the road, having a project produced by the mighty no of the mighty cunning linguists, you know, like yeah. it's, it's um, hard to look yeah. bad working with him. <laughs> um, I think the biggest difference is um, I'm trusting. Um, for a long time I was 100% in my head um, and I wouldn't trust my instincts and so I had this approach where um, I am an artist I'm, I'm waiting for the art gods to strike me with the inspiration bolt and then I will serve them with my immense talent as fucking like view what an artist is and I also was like well I'm I'm sad sack that's the fucking world I created so I have to wait until something really bad happens in my life and then I'll get to work right 
That album, first album came out in 2008. I spent three and a half years on it. Then my second solo album came out in 2013. So I spent three and a half years on the first one. Then for the second one to come out, right after that came out, I my mind, I'm going to trust and I'm going to approach this more like a samurai, put your 10,000 hours in type shit. And my, my fiance was, was big in that where she was telling me, she's like, you, you have it, trust yourself, trust yourself. So in your head all the time. And um, single day from then on, I was like, I'm writing and recording. I'm, even if I write four lines and throw them away, every single day I'm going to write. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make this giant mountain at the end of it. Um, which is exhausting, it's a really exhausting process, but I just kind of hit that switch. And then, then the next album, and then basically from then, every, every, I've, I've trusted my gut more. Considering, so considering all the stuff that you've done with all of your music up until this very point, like you've built, you know, like you've built this, like, you kind of, you kind of confided in within, you kind of confided with and trusted yourself um to make this really personal and very technically proficient type of rap music and you've built this fan base that kind of helps you exist outside of whatever's going on in like the quote-unquote mainstream or whatever the fuck on on your own terms which i really like that's like such a hard thing to be able to do and like we can all probably guess the benefits of having that kind of base you know like because like you got like a patreon like you know your fans have like a name they're called the sadists and you know, like, but like, you know, like, like outside of the benefits, like what's one really challenging aspect of kind of like betting it all on yourself in that respect? Like what's been the most challenging part of that um, for you? Well, the, the emotionally challenging part of just kind of what I make is uh, a lot of fans kind of see me as a conduit for their suffering um, mm. where you know, some rappers are probably like, I have the best time. You and my friends were all Molly dancing to your shit. You know, they're like, yeah. And it's, it's a positive energy where a lot of right. times I'll get a fan, they're like, hey, they shake my hand and they just say like some incredibly sad, you know, this, this person died, this person, I'm going through this or I'm recovering or, you know, and, and I try to do the best I can with it, but it's, um, it can be a lot sometimes. And uh, I get kind of trauma dumped on a lot but i i know i've essentially asked for it but some people kind of understand the boundaries of that better than others so it's it's like um a lot of times people will be like i love you you help me through this and then they tell me their trauma like immediately and so there's kind of this <laughs> in a weird way I'm, i avoided being a therapist and i kind of feel like a therapist still um but then and then on the more like nuts and bolts side you know it's just it's just fighting for scraps more um not having any like machine behind you and or not having kind of a team that can put their energy into approach um but there's but the, like you're saying there's so many benefits to it like um my fan base is so devout and they just care about it so um you know so far they've never let me sink um but but I've been doing it for so long, I don't expect certain doors to open, you know, and I, and I don't put in I'm kind of grateful for what I'm able to do. And um, it's, it's fucking hard. It's a harder, it's a harder route. Uh, the kind of music I make is, is a challenging thing. You know, it's, it's I, I kind of like designed a difficult style. 
Um, but it's literally exactly what I asked for. So I don't ever complain about it. Um, but I just recognize that it's, it's a little bit more rocky of a path than um, some other styles or some other approaches. But the, but the rewards are, they feel so authentic. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people have viral moments and they, you know, they have like ephemeral success and then they're stuck chasing it again. And that seems like kind of a sad to approach it where it's like, um, the, the, the energy I get back from feel like what I'm doing might matter to somebody, you know? Right. You know, like you can, you can tell your people are really tapped in with you, you know, like, that's like, that's like so priceless. And it's like the difference between something like that and like the white girl who was rapping little baby that went viral on TikTok and Twitter, yeah. you know, like who knows, yeah, who knows, yeah. who knows where, she, who knows where she's going to be in six months, you know, like, yeah, it's, like <laughs> it's like, it's like, you, you, I got to, you got to remember that because we're in a attention economy where there's a number attached to everything you do and everyone can see the number and it's it's so easy to feel for artists to feel insecure i've always like i only have x amount of x on x.com and right. i'm like i get it <laughs> i get it maybe you're pouring your heart into something and you're not getting the rewards you might feel you deserve but there's no in it when i started making music there weren't numbers <laughs> you know what I mean we didn't right, have any yeah. you'd have to open the source and it's like this went plowing you know with movies with fucking music everything and so it's like um personally I think I just have to completely ignore that um positive and negative I just I just have to ignore that element of it because I don't take any responsibility for it it's like I can only take responsibility for the quality of what I make and if it's honest right. and, and the things that I think matter in it. And it's like outside of that, it doesn't, you know, cause there's some people that be like, I don't like it cause of this and this. And it's like, cool, but that's not at all what I was aiming for. Like, <laughs> I think, like, you know, I, you're insulting me, but I feel like it's a compliment because that's not the target I was shooting at. Like, um, right. right. And yeah, and yeah, and yeah, before, before we move on to this last little suite of questions, I wanted to touch on the, um, just, just like the fan dynamic when it comes to just like sharing personal information because like that's really tricky. That's a really tricky thing yeah. to navigate because like obviously like it's great that it's great that people connect with you, but you know like it, it can like you said there's like a boundary thing that some people understand and other people much. don't. And like you don't want um, too much, man. I've had yeah, like so I've had vast majority of of my supporters are, are amazing and they. And, fucking lovely but also i make weird shit i attract some off-kilter people and mm -hmm. uh <laughs> i've had i've had people dming me videos of them killing themselves to my oh okay you know and i'm sorry to get too dark here and, no, and like, cool. I've, I've had i've had one fan in particular i had to find a mutual fan that followed me let them know call the police all that shit um like heavy things i've, I've had i've had a fan uh try to kill himself in court, asking me what to say before he does it. Like just really intense. Um, I've, ha I've had full on stalkers. Like I, uh, I moved a year ago and that was one of the reasons, you know, they were getting closer. Mm. Just like uh, I've had, I've definitely had some um, unstable people, but it's like, but even that it's like, it's kind of my fault in a way. So I, I try not to complain about it. Cause, but the vast, vast majority are just, Honestly, it blows my mind how the spectrum of normalcy of people that find my stuff, the amount of people who are like, I love your shit, I have you tattooed, and it's 
that lives in the suburbs and everything seems normal. I have no idea why you're so drawn to this, you know? And it's like, um, it's, it's shocking how normal uh, so many of my fans are that, that relate to certain things that aren't very normal. Right. And it's always worth noting that just like what, A, what is normal? You know, like every, every, everyone's experience is so different in like so many subtle ways that like, there's really no, like, there's like less of a unifying aspect when it comes to like what it means to be normal, especially now. Exactly. And, and then on, but, but, and then on top of that, I wanted to say like, it's like, it's like not your fault that people don't have boundaries and can't separate certain things and like, want to, like, it's not your, like, like, it's not your fault that you have a stalker or had i aim i my one of my one of the aims is like i want this to be music for outsiders like anybody who i don't aim for any demographic i don't i i'm pretty cryptic in my stuff i, I try to keep it pretty broad in certain senses and it's like anybody who just feels if you feel if you're in a room with people and you feel weird if you feel like if you if you just feel like you don't fit in for whatever the fuck reason it's like come on over here if you want like that's, right. that's the message I try to put across where it's like outsiders. And so it's like, you know, some people are more outside than others. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's, it, but you're right. There is no normal. That's, that's a better way to put it. Like I, that's one thing I've learned over the years of like having so many interactions and discussions with uh, fans. It's like, there's no normal. And people that seem normal on the surface are oftentimes dealing with you know unimaginable things and difficult things and um and it's like in a weird way ring is something that we all relate to and and that's kind of a niche of music and that people relate to me um but it's but it's weird sometimes because sometimes people are like you wrote this song this and this and i went through x and i understand and, I, and maybe in my mind i'm like what you went through is so much heavier and more palpable my responsibility like it's whatever you see but sometimes it's like people almost see more in it than I wrote you know and that's dope that's that's kind of the, the value of being more cryptic or being kind of leaving it more open-ended instead of saying I want you to think this you know I'm more so I try to do more of a Socratic method where it's like what do you think of this or here's something so fucking dark and weird I'm gonna reference is that artistic I don't know you fucking tell me you know it's more like I, I want people to think like I just want people to think and feel like because that's any art that I care about that's what they have in common it makes me think and feel you know man that's such a good way to put that and just like yeah I never thought about that before but that is kind of a benefit of like kind of of kind of like rapping that way you know like and that's um I had another point I wanted to make and I don't know why my brain is, I don't know why my brain is failing me right now, but like <laughs> that, it, but like, but like, but you know, just kind of like being in that position, th there we go. So like, you know, like you're basically making yourself like a conduit for other people's thoughts. And, you know, like, I think there's, you know, benefits and, you know, some, some drawbacks to doing that. But I think, you know, like, you know, like having listened to your music for as long as I have, like, I think that's one of the most special things about you as an artist. You know, like you're not really afraid to, you're not afraid to let people bounce their ideas off of what you're doing. And that creates a conversation. And that's what makes that type of music. So that's why people connect yeah. with your shit, bro. Because like people think they're having a conversation with, or not think like y'all are having, there's an open dialogue happening. That's not like, 
in, in most cases isn't toxic or poisonous you know and, like and that's what's attractive ideally they're yeah and I, ideally they're filling in the blanks right so it's, it's like right, the david yeah. lynch interview it's like eraser has my most spiritual film will, will you elaborate on that no it's like that <laughs> that's where the, the meat is where it's like um I, I feel like um we there's so many things that kill time which is a very depressing term kill time it's like time is the last thing we should want to kill um right. but it's like yeah. <laughs> kill time you're entertained you know we all we all know what you're tired you, you put the show on that you're not really watching and scroll the phone and shit and it's like we all do that but <clears throat> it's it's so ephemeral and it just goes away the second it goes it's just in and out and like um i always just want to aim for feeling and thought like those require energy thinking requires energy feeling requires energy and it's like i don't want anybody to casually listen to my shit i want them to and some people are like this is exhausting i'm like thank you like that's awesome like if it took energy from you it, so you're gonna remember it it's like you might like uh, a walk to remember more than requiem for a dream but you're gonna remember requiem a lot more yeah. <laughs> and there's power, you know and it's like i i just feel like things are so um we consume so quickly the way we, and it's hard because if you love rap, you love whatever, you love horror, there's just so much of it. And it's hard to stay up on it. Even if you're passionate about it, it's hard to like give things, maybe the thought and time they require. Um, so anytime people say this is exhausting or this is, you know, it's not easy listening. It's not I'm like, that's, I, I want that. Like it, it, it's not for everybody, you know, it's not for most, but like if you feel numb, you know, hopefully this will stir something up. Um, and that's also why I don't try to be ultra specific. I'm writing this song about this. You know, it's like, that's so boring to me because you already thought for them, like, like let treat your audience like they're intelligent. Let them right. think, let them figure it out. Like sometimes their theories on it are way better than whatever I fucking came up with, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and not, and, not, and not everybody is, not everybody's like that type of, that, that perspective and that like approach to it is not going to work for everybody. Like some people are much better at being like, this is what I think, not even necessarily like, this is what I want you to think, but like, this is what I think, you know? And, um, you know, like that might work for somebody else, but for you, like, you're very much like a, you know, like work your way, you know, like, this is what I, this is what I'm going through, work your way through it and figure it out. And, you know, like, that's like, yeah. And, and it, yeah. And that's, and that's dope. I like that a lot, you know? we need people in the trenches in every artistic world you know we need people salaries we need people <laughs> we need to to find those boundaries of the puzzle right and then we need someone to step over it and get in trouble or whatever it takes we need to find all of that and and we need to <clears throat> let like letting art exist we those people in the trenches that are that are digging and finding the weird spots of it like even if I don't even if it doesn't click with me I'm like I'm grateful they exist it's like I, I know it's a fucking difficult path you know the stand brackages of the world no one's gonna fucking appreciate you but but it's amazing that you did it <laughs> you know what I mean like right um, yeah you know it's just that's that's the the side of art that I value it's like the the people that that don't see it as a vehicle to propel their fame or as a vehicle to avoid a day job or as whatever, like these, these narcissistic approaches, like the people that, that love the art and that see that this is 
like I view it, I'm like, this is the this is the bastion of freedom. This is where you can do and say anything. And if you do it, and if you do it quality, it can exist. You know, it's like that's the freest feeling in the world for me. And so right. it's like I I appreciate artists of that do that. That's why like even that everything everywhere movie, it's like they're not pushing boundaries, but I could feel the, the love for that. I can tell like just by their just by watching their work, I can tell that they feel that way, and it's dope. Right. Yeah. There's, 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 there's really nothing else like it. And, you know, like, and I feel like, I feel like that's something that, um, that you and no seeing each other. And of course, like the two of you just put out, bring me back when the world is cured, um, maybe about a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, so like, so like, talk to me about like coming together with, um, because like you both have worked together before and you already had a relationship, but like, you know, like talk to me about like, Talk to me about like first coming together with No and like how this specific project came together. I mean, the first time was me emailing him a lot years ago and him just egging me. Um, I sent him like an email like, hey, you know, I'm a big fan. I, I respect your work. Like I'm like too honest in the email, you know? And then he's like, eh. And then, <clears throat> but I released The Art of Dying the same year he released Death is Silent. And so, tons of people were like crossing those lines. And so I was like, I knew my name kept coming across his feed. Um, but eventually we started working and we did Phantom Limbs. Um, but this project was just much more um, immersive. There, there was just a lot more in it. Um, and I think he kind of hit a switch where he, he, he knows when he produces something immediately if it's for me or not so usually people will send you a pack and you're like okay I like this one this one let's change this up whatever um but with him there wasn't a single song that i recorded to that didn't make the record which is crazy to me um because wow. i love cutting songs it's my favorite I, lo I love throwing away songs it's like my hobby <laughs> um but we kept all of them <clears throat> and like he just the musical chemistry is like very easy with us um we don't really have to discuss much of like the umbrella ideas and like philosophy of it we, we both I think have a pretty good understanding um and he's a, and he's a producer producer like he he knows what he thinks I'll sound good on you know what I mean like um he produced a cunning song there's a big open spot for Deacon to do a hook right and yeah he, you know for me he'll, he'll do this ill ass sample and he's like I right, just want me to do the hook like, I'll trust him <laughs> you know like it's hell yeah it's, good. <laughs> it's I I think I shocked him along the way too because <clears throat> like what was it one day and then uh seriously yeah send me another one and his girlfriend was like didn't you start that beat this morning she's like yeah he's like the song's done he's like yeah pretty much like uh so i i'm very like voracious with that um so that i mean there wasn't anything that he sent me that he didn't get back within a week probably um so uh, i think i'm one of the easier vocalists he's, he's gotten to work with. <laughs> um, but it's easy for me too, because he never sends me something that I have to kind of knows what, what canvases work for me. Right, and you know, like considering the fact that this project is like 18 tracks long and there's, you know, like quite a few features on it and just like, just like the general scope of it and like the whole, you know, like obviously like on its face, it's very, it's very COVID adjacent, the whole like bring me back when the world is cured, but it's obviously yeah, yeah. a little more, it, it's obviously a little deeper than that, but yeah. you know, like just like the general scope of this project 
and just like you really just you really just wrap your ass off on this whole thing like just like just like different flows different kinds of beats like i think i told you um a couple days ago like the fact that like you have a song with like gift of gab who's one of my favorites like shout out to gab um fucking from seattle she's she's fucking crazy you know like and 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 just like the three of you like um you gab and mibs like just went crazy and just like there's so many weird combo but it's kind of fun you know it's like <laughs> yeah you know like i i didn't know what to expect because like i heard mibs and i'm like is that mibs like what, yeah what he added some levity too, you know like all yeah, my verses so heavy. you know he added some levity to that <laughs> yeah we we had such a long gap between projects that at least for me snuck up on me i was like damn it's been six years okay um and so many people were waiting you know like that that Phantom Limbs project, we've probably gotten two, three hundred people who have tattooed that. You know what I mean? It's only six right. songs, so it's and like, that's nuts. Feel like, that pressure. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's like, so I kind of felt a little bit of pressure in that sense. So we're like, let's, let's just go all out. Let's they've waited this long. Let's just keep making songs. Let's make this shit. Let's 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 go old school. Make it a long album, you know, um, which I think worked for it. Um, Normally, these days I'm I'm more on a I like to be concise, but um, but I think it really worked for this. Very involved in the like sequencing and and uh, blending transitions and just I'm very obsessive about the sequencing side of album making, um, and it's kind of like a part of my brain is just reserved to stress out about the umbrella idea of it constantly. Um, where we're working with no, he has a similar mentality. So I could kind of like give that part of my brain a little bit of time off and not have to worry about uh, the grand scope of it every time I write a verse. I'm more just like, okay, here's the themes. I'm just gonna work with that. Um, right. So in that way, I felt a little spoiled. Yeah, it made it easier. Right, you know, and, th- and, th- and that's like one of the benefits of like working on like, on like a full length collab with somebody cause it's just like a, it's like a half and half thing. Like you're both, you're both putting it together yourselves yeah. and you can, and, and, and you're like, you can like lean on each other. And that's like, you know, like that's often, that's often why I'm always so attracted to like, to, to like one producer, one rapper collabs, because like you can tell, like if the relationship is strong enough, it's really gonna just blow yeah. through everything, you know? And like, and, and just like hearing, hearing this project, it's like, oh, you guys like get each other. Like you get what you sound good over, you get how to make it flow and you get just like, you know how to, it, it's, it's almost, it's almost like a, you ever watched the Venture Brothers before? Only a few episodes, not enough. Okay. So it's one of my favorite shows ever. I'm not going to go too crazy about it. I'll save that for another episode. I'll dig into it. But um, long story short, like the two guys who make the show are these guys on their names are Christopher McCullough and Doc Hammer, or, or rather, or McCullough has another name. He, he, um, um, the name he goes by under the thing is Jackson Public. So it's Jackson Public and Doc Hammer. And like the okay. two of them, they kind of, they created this world in this universe together, right? And it has, it has like the focus and poly, like it has like the focus and ambition that might come from like one really driven person but it's got like the finesse and the polish and like the technical acumen and just like the storytelling muscle of two people, you know? Like, and that's kind of how I feel. Right. It's like, it's like two I, people in sync. 
right exactly it's two people in sync and that's how and like that's how i felt listening to bring me back when the world is cured and that's how and and, and then like that's what i go for that's what i'm looking for when i listen to like one-off producer yeah. collabs like this so i really i really appreciate it's, that you know I appreciate that it's it's a lot easier to world build with a single producer you know yeah just just by virtue of not ha having so many separate pieces and styles and and you know a lot a lot of albums are kind of like they're kind of like gumbo you know it's like yeah you know even in like the early 2000s for a while it's like every every album had three pharrell beats and two timbo beats and one just plays beat and they're like like there's like these patterns happening and you're like they they start even now you know certain rappers will always have the same features and you're like okay it's cool but um um unless they're great curators you know um but yeah like the future album that's about to come out tomorrow is basically just that. I'm looking at the track yeah. list. I'm like, okay, like he's got the Drake feature, the yeah. Thug feature. And I love the future. Yeah, yeah me too. But like, future. you know. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the future hive for sure. But um, <laughs> but you're not I'm wrong. excited yeah. for it. But but I saw the track listing and I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, this is the least surprising track listing <clears throat> in history. You know what I mean? It's like it's right. Okay, it's like here we go again. But I'll jump on the ride. You know, but um, but. Yeah. Yeah, the, the single producer, I like that that's coming back more. Just as a fan, it's it's more interesting. It feels more natural. And I, I, I would voracious writing tempo now that I'm just like, I got to get fucking out. So I, I just work with a lot of people, but um, I would love to just do a single producer forever. It's It's more natural for sure. I feel it. Yeah, like I could tell you really thrive in that you really thrive in that environment. And it's just great to see it on this, you know, like, like obviously everybody listening, go listen, go listen to, go listen to, go listen to the album. It's really, really good. Yeah. I'm really glad, you, I'm really glad you mentioned like Quietus. That made me happy. No, yeah, that's my, that's my favorite, bro. I swear. I swear that's my favorite. Me happy because I'm, I'm a little awkward taking compliments, but, um, but the Quietus, that made me happy because I told Noah when I sent it to him, I was like, I was like, this is my favorite writing on the album album i was like so it's gonna be the checks but like the first week it was definitely i mean towards the end of the record too but i'm like i knew it i knew this is gonna be the, the least loved one because because the things that i like about the writing in that are more subtle and they're they're not as obvious to grab um and those are the ones that like it's easy to flip bitty dippity rippity and impress somebody you know and impress some people uh, yeah. But the subtle stuff is like it's it's so much more interesting to me, and uh, uh, so I'm, I'm glad you like. Yeah, nah, I'm happy. I'm happy that like, like I just like I just love the way you wrote that beat, and like you know, like of course, like the writing, the writing in general is just like way more subtle and just like kind of like reserved compared to the rest of it. But like, I just love the way that you and the beat just kind of. Like it really feels like y'all are in conversation with each other, and it's just like yeah. flowing into just like just like an Ouroboros. Like I like I'm big on that like feeling of just like you know like you're just like another instrument in there. Like obviously you're like you're rapping, rapping, and just like there's like lyrics to go through and stuff. But like you know just like on a purely like sonic level, it's just like your voice yeah. fits in with the music, and yeah. that's tight. You know, like, ideally, ideally. So I, I'm. I love the hypnotic element of music, right? And so most people that are peers that I would be compared to, they don't listen to Future and Young Thug and 
nudie and shit like that. Um, but I, right. I love the, the hypnotic tonal element of music, um, which Future is incredible at, certain people are, where it's, it's like, I'm not listening for content, I'm not listening for cleverness or whatever, I'm not listening to find myself in this, right? Um, perfect. The approach I want is to have that subtle hypnotic element the best I can with my voice. Um, and where the first few times you hear it, you just like the vibe and you don't even catch the lyrics. Like I, I, in a perfect world, I'd want people to catch the lyrics like later. And, and every time you hear it, there's something else that comes, you know, like, like right. dot connecting. You know, I want, I, want, I want you to miss all the dots and then go back. I want it to be Elden Ring. You find another fucking uh, dungeon in the verse later, you know? Like, <laughs> there you go. There you go. And like, I know that's going to happen for me. Like, I'm excited to text you in like a week and be like, you said that. Cause like the, because like me, cause like me catching, like I said, me catching the, um, um, me catching the, um, the Argento, the Dario Argento reference on the earth was empty. Like that came from like my third or fourth time listening to the song. I didn't catch that the first time. And yeah. like, that's, you know, like I'm, I'm big on replay value in that way. So, you know, like, it's just, it's just like, that's, it's all there, you know, like what more, what more could you possibly want? Yeah. Type shit, shit, yeah, you so, know? Even, so even like that line, it's like Dario are gentle, gentle terror strokes. So in yeah, my mind, right. I have a framed um, original Tenebrae poster, the Argento. Maybe it's a reprint. I don't know. It's a fucking poster. And, um, but the, the OG poster is uh, this drawn hand with a scalpel that cuts through a, uh, a sheet and it shows the woman sc screaming behind it. And so like, even that it's like gentle player strokes cutting the sheet, like, like just, just connections that may or may not come across, but there's always, there's always a reason somewhere hidden in there, you know? That shit is hard though. Like, it's just like a cool image, you know? It, you know, like it, it doesn't even have to be like much deeper than just like, that's like a very vivid image, you know? Like even even if you're not an Argento fan, like you can see that, you know, like that's that's tactile, you know. That shit is cool. Yeah, it's we have, you know, every every genre, every little world has kind of like this fence around it where it's like here's the parlance, here's the content you can use to be, you know, real hip hop or be whatever it is. It's kind of like this silent rule set and like that a lot of people subscribe to and it's, I, I just I don't see it. like they, they, there's cultural elements that are that are uh, but there's no rules like like pulling from references that are outside of that fence I, I just think is interesting you know like um it's it's just it's just like kind of an obvious thing that I, I feel like I don't see a lot um that I hope more people do because some because so many people that rap have you, you know like <laughs> even like fucking schoolboy q rapping about golf and shit i think yeah it's so dope I, I have no interest in golf i never will but i think that's so dope it makes it makes me feel like i understand it more you know what i mean right. instead you of know? like um, as opposed like i love his i love all his music but like if i were to only hear like habits and contradictions i wouldn't know him nearly as much as if i saw the music video of him playing golf you know like i like i like when people choose to kind of like um style certain compartments of their real life and, and stirred into the art i think it's an right, interesting you know? approach like they're giving they're giving peace you're yeah. giving pieces of yourself to us and that's like that's something that shouldn't really be taken for granted ever that's you know like yeah it's very and easy you, and you can always filter it through your artistic life. yeah you can always filter it right it's like school week he's not he's not just he's stylizing it in his world it's still artistic and still you know it's it's still rap and dope in his world but it's fucking in right. it but in the other sense of the 
it's kind of the complete opposite of his world. Like golf is a very peaceful, <laughs> very like <laughs> bland, peaceful world, you know. And he stirs that right. in with his world, and it's, it's just cool. It's just interesting, like contrast that I, I like stuff like that. Right, definitely. You know, you know, just like thinking about like the Hoover Street Crip, just like trying to, trying to, trying to get a birdie. Yeah. You know, type shit. Yeah, like, it's like, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Big L. He'll have a like aggressive ass, like I beat bitches up, and then the next song is like be street smart you know like like do good yeah. in school and you know like it's kind of tight i like i like seeing both sides of this it's fun you know the duality it feels more that. human yeah. right yeah, that's more human and, and more like because so much of rap you know everyone we're all like wrestling characters you know what i mean like it's just kind of how it is and so but some some know and it's just it's cool when people uh take that risk to kind of stir in their personal life into the wrestling character definitely yeah no R risk is the operative word there too so yeah definitely um yeah and yeah i and, I, I like i like the risk takers right even and, if you know, i don't like, like the risk even if i'm like Oof, no i don't like that one but i'm like but i respect right. it good try <laughs> definitely yeah no nah. you, like, you know like the, 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 yeah like, like risk taking is art for sure like and, and, yeah. and you're like you're like if you're willing to do that that just shows that you care enough about it to think that you could pull it off and whether you do or not, you know. Yeah. Like that's I mean, why it's called a risk. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's it's, what a it's, risk is. It's healthy. I think it's healthy for art for some people to, to take the bullets on the front lines and be like, I'm gonna take this risk. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe 10 years later, everyone loves that. For sure. <laughs> you know, maybe not, but um, it's a, uh, just, I, I just have so much respect for any boundary pushers. And I don't mean that in a, like boundaries as in like moral or anything like that i just mean like anybody who finds the boundary of any artistic thing and just plays with it you know i i think it i think everyone benefits from it even if they don't personally you know right that's why that's why i love pierre born so much i don't want to i don't want to get too off topic but i just had to say like that's why i love pierre born so much and just kind of seeing him play with the conventions of like of just like what people think trap music is and like what melody is yeah. and just like kind of having yeah. him like, you know, he's kind of carved out his own lane and like defined a sound of like the late 2010s. Like everyone's, you know, like he's kind of, he stands alongside people like, you know, like a Metro Boomin or like a Southside or, you know, like, you know, but like, he's just like so different and it's just like so bright and technicolor and just like fucking weird bro like yeah. he makes weird ass music and i love it you know like it just makes me smile yeah, to see too. him take those risks like listening to like the life of pierre tapes like i like that just four and five. color too yeah thank you like that's yeah like his his music I like is so describing colorful. color yeah right yeah thank you i appreciate that sorry the um on, on the internet jumped around a bit so like you I probably cut in at a weird time and yeah. <laughs> but yeah, nah, like, yeah, like the color, yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's so colorful. And like, you know, like considering everything that you just said about like, you know, like, just like the whole, like, I'm like stuck on the risk part of it, but like the very last question I have for you to wrap this all up is just like, you know, I feel like, I feel like you're going to give a good answer for this. If your life was a movie, what would it be about? What is, what is, what's the sadistic movie? <laughs> that's a good question. Like if it were a movie that's already made. 
it can be if you want but like like just uh you know you know just like if you could like if you're like like it doesn't have to be a specific movie but just whatever whatever comes to mind i I have recurring dreams where i'm people are always knife fighting me and i like that in my movie it would be like an old boy fight scene uh filipino comic <laughs> let me let me exist um if it was a movie that's already made i'd probably say there will be blood <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just i love uh daniel plain view and his his horrible view uh i don't know i get such a kick out of that character <laughs> yeah me too i'm not gonna lie i do too but just like he's 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 just like so despicable and that might just like that might be the best Daniel Day-Lewis performance ever and just like the whole bit where him and Paul Dano are having the argument in the bowling yeah. alley I drink yeah. your milkshake and he beats him with the fucking bowling so fucking pin like good. god it's, man it's what, a, what a movie it's like I mean PTA making his darkest movie with Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. in his prime and Johnny Greenwood doing the soundtrack. Whew, like, man. How is that not the best movie ever? Like Johnny Greenwood was kind of an initiation. Like, so good. I, I was, I was annoyed that he didn't win uh, this last year because he got, he should have got nominated twice, but For sure. he, he's brilliant. I'm a, I'm a huge Radiohead stan and I know that we're an annoying bunch, but uh, <laughs> I wear the badge with pride. <laughs> Yo, but like what would yours be oh man good question i didn't i didn't think anybody was going to ask me so soon into me starting to do this damn so if my life was a movie um don't say irreversible no hell no um if if, if, if so like if my life was so since you gave two answers i'm gonna give two answers if my life was a movie that was not attached to an original movie it would probably just be like it would probably be well okay this is kind of cheating it would kind of be something similar to everything everywhere all at once just like just like in the in the general General sense sense. of like I like jump between I kind of see like whenever I'm thinking of stuff like my imagination just like hops between different styles and like different like tones and themes and just like like, 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 it's just like, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I'm just like a mosaic and uh, uh, like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a fucking pretentious clown, but just like my, like, I jump between like, uh, I just like, I like imagine aspects of my life, like as movies, you know? And it's just like, I make like little music videos in my head and like little like short films in my head. Like I'm always doing that, like with everything, like, like, yeah. like my, like my life has been formatted, like, like my brain is formatted like a movie and just like, I edit things in my head. Like I would edit a movie and like yeah. add effects and, and like, so like, I guess uh, through life, there's extras and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's really weird. Like I'm not even like the star of my own movie, but just like, my brain puts life together in the form of a movie, if that makes sense, you know? So like, so, so like, so like, I guess like if my life was a movie that wasn't attached to a specific movie, it would just be extremely meta in that way. Cause I guess that's just how my brain works. But if my life was like an actual movie, 
Um, I'd like to think it would probably be something like Bebe's Kids. You ever see Bebe's Kids before? <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, of course I've seen Bebe's Kids, bro. Come yeah, on, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like my life, my my my, my life is a Robin Harris comedy sketch, like oh. about 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 some about some badass kids just like hanging out with like the goodies because like because like, like I was so funny because like I would when be the goodie two shoes you in the bathroom and shit. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 They're they're just, they're just like snapping on each other in the bathroom and just like everything going on with like, with Khalil and Pee Wee and and Rashawn and like, and, 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 and and you're like, I see myself in there because like I was the goody two shoes cousin, you know, like I was, I was the kid in the collared shirt who was just like kind of quiet and off in the corner. Like, like that that was so like, but like, that's like, he's getting you in trouble. Right, you know, like that, that. That's like that's my life right there. You know, that's my life right there. <laughs> that's an awesome answer. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, like, but um, damn, I don't have any more questions for you. But this was so much fun, man. Like, wow, man, this is me. no. Thank you for coming on. This was such a fun conversation, and I'm sorry about all the technical difficulties. Like, I don't know why oh, my something. internet's fucking up right now, but just like, damn, this was like. I know, like, like I've known that you're someone who's so into film, but like hearing you really dig into it and like seeing those, like, I can't wait to revisit so much of your music with all of this shit in mind now. Like, it, it, it's just like really <laughs> did a number on me and it's going to do a number on my appreciation for your shit. So thank you for that, you know? Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. This is my favorite thing to talk about. So I was happy to be here. Oh, hell yeah. Like, you got it. You got to, um... You gotta let me know whether you figure out if Salo is trash or art, because I need your answer on that. It's art, baby. Okay. 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 Art. You already know. Okay. Okay. The Blu-ray. I got the fucking. I got like this limited book back here of it. I uh, first time I got that total creep story. I I got it on a weird movie form, and someone mailed me a, a copied VHS of it. And, yeah. <laughs> and I watched, and I was. What in the fuck did I watch? And then my mom made me give it to her so she could watch it. Um, but it's like, I have those EPs called Solo Sessions. And I don't think anybody knows. Yep. Like, I don't think most people even know what they're... Like, I have a t-shirt with a clip from and I've seen, like, kids wearing it. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Um, but, even, like, that is such an extreme edgelord, yet so high art in a way where it's like, right? Um, and he makes... He made beautiful films, and then he then he tries to uh, adapt a Marquis de Sade book, which is fucking insane. Um, right. And Marquis de Sade, that's where sadistic came from. If you didn't know, it's sadism. Ah. It's, it's all based on him. Um, it's part of the okay. reason why I, why I named myself. Because when they took his quills away, he would write on the walls with shit in his own blood, and I thought that was really cool. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> but uh, he tries to adapt. I, his book, the 120 days saw it, I'm like, it's, it's just it's a disgust. It would be like a joke to me. I'd have friends over. I'm like, yo, pick a page and read it out loud. And they just open it and read some out loud. And you're just like, what in the fuck? Like, it's, it's just absurd, right? Right. And so Pasolini, this highbrow guy, is like, I'm going to do it, which is insane. And then he, he goes all the way with it. And then, um, and then he got murdered by a prostitute like two weeks after it came out. And like that was the end of his story. But like the few interviews, even with him, he's like, they're like, what about the circle of shit? Like this is disgusting. I'm making this horrible thing on screen. And he's like, 
It's because this food is shit. He's all Italian, you know, this food is shit. McDonald's, we're eating shit literally. That's why I filmed it. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm following you. And, you know, it's like, is it entertaining? Right. No. Would I, would I recommend it? No, probably not. But it's like, but that's definitely a border of art. You know what I mean? It's on Criterion. <laughs> like someone For else sure, is, you know? Like yeah, like, like, yeah, somebody's fucking with it on it's that just level. Like yeah. a bizarre, <laughs> such a bizarre one-of-one thing. And like, it's not something you could tell people like, I like this. Like, it's not something you, someone should ever say, but it's like, yeah, it's like, a, it's a monolith of, um, of the freedom of art, you know? Like if he could make that and still be a renowned genius italian fucking like new wave director and he it's like that's that's it's it just says so much about the freedom of it if you have enough finesse and skill and you and it's arguable and solid if it works but um but you can you can make anything you know and hopefully not everybody goes that fucking direction but uh but it ex- right. exists you know it's just, right uh, yeah but yeah that's, that's it's always an interesting conversation peace because it usually starts with why do you like that and it's like hold on <laughs> back up i didn't say i like right it. <laughs> it's, it's different but um but it's but it's it's definitely kind of um, a measuring stick for for what people deem as art and not art you know like right. there's a lot of those measuring sticks like uh john waters you know that's mm-hmm. what the whole thing is this art she just ate dog shit on camera. Is it still art? And I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, for. no, it's definitely, you know, definitely um, still art. Harmony Korean love- is early stuff. Like, that's kind of a measurement stick. Is this yeah. art? Yeah, it is to me. Yeah. Yeah, it it's is. like. I think it is. Like, we need those weirdos. We need those, like, lone Ronin floating along the countryside making bizarre shit. Right. Um, and I at the same time. Good for us. And at the same time, there's, like, a difference between. You know, like I like I like what you said earlier about like the edge lord aspect because like it's really a thin line between that resulting in something that's like transgressive but like really cool about it, like something yeah. like a pink flamingos, like you mentioned, or like or even like Harmony Corinne's gummo, and then just something that's just like complete like masturbatory fucking like bullshit, like like what I think Darren Aronofsky's mother was. I was just having this conversation yesterday. Yeah. With my, partner desert i love you and like yeah like we like 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 just like there's such a difference between something like pink flamingos and mother and like I just, yeah that's a whole other hour and a half conversation yeah but like yeah, mother's <laughs> a trip. mother is like i'm on a very lonely island but I, I i think mother's in his top three movies i i thought it was wow. great but i'm it's a very very solo opinion i don't have um, my good friend did the casting for it and he's like nah this shit sucks I'm like nah man it's <laughs> but I, I get it it's it's pretentious and edgy for sure but um, and it kind of fucked up at the end but it the, the stress of it the, it's, I feel like especially if I were a woman it would have really stressed me out because it really zooms in on that like house guests fucking your house up and all these things that like my fiance would drive her insane right you know people sitting on the sink and all these like stressful things um <laughs> like i felt like he was i felt like he was watching a lot of no way and he tried his approach on that yeah and no way also he's known for very quickly coming up with his concepts and usually having short scripts um and uh, Aronofsky's normally not like that. He usually adapts. He has big scripts, but on this one, he's kind of just running and gunning. And, yeah. Uh, like, listening to some No Way interviews, if I had to guess. 
Right. Um, he was he was definitely on that. Yeah. No. No, he's not. But like he was definitely on that type of time and just like he was re- he was really trying to just like one up all the fucking, you know, like the Noways and the and the Lars von Triers. Like he was yeah, he was really trying to be like, I can do that too, you know? And yeah, it's just like totally, totally. It, it was yeah. edge lordy for sure. Absolutely. Um, but like, man. It it was a theater moment for me because like I, I love Aronofsky. I I definitely have a pretentious cunty film fan in me that loves him and um <laughs> I like and him too, man. I feel you. That was a theater moment, though, where when the baby does the stage dive. Oh, did I just see this in theater? Okay. Yeah, I, I had that exact moment, and, it, and I was just like, it, take, it, it takes a lot to push me over the edge and like make me be like, this is nasty. Why did I just watch that? I was like, nah, bro. Like, why, why did I have to see that? Like... <laughs> I mean, you're talking to a guy who yeah, saw Cannon Holocaust in theaters, and even I was like, oh, I feel dirty. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know? Like, I was just like, oh, this feels wrong, you know? Like, ugh. But, yeah. man, oh, we could talk about, like, we got to talk about this more off camera. Um, I would stay and talk more, but I got to, like, go and take a shower. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, gotta, I, got Good chatting, man. But, I appreciate you having me. No, of course. Thank you for coming on. Like, I know you don't really do interviews like that, too. I, did, I didn't realize that until after you told me. I haven't interview in years. Yeah, yeah so thank you thank you thank you for doing this with me like that's that's special you know like that's i appreciate your trust that means the world to me yeah absolutely thanks for listening shout out to y'all for making it this far and shout out to all the black people listening too because y'all really impeccable don't forget to like subscribe and tell a friend to come through next time one